Hello, and welcome to another episode of Emma and Rebecca Talk IP, the series where we take something that has caught our attention in the world of intellectual property and try to unravel what's really going on. I'm Rebecca Gay. And I'm Emma Isles. On this episode, we're talking Barbie. And I think it's fair to say that this year, the Barbie brand has taken the world by storm with the release of Greta Gerwig's Barbie movie. We've seen Barbie everywhere. And it hasn't just been on the screen or in the toy shop. Barbie has flooded the retail and consumer product sector with Barbie fashion collaborations in shops like Zara, Selfridges, Cotton On, Primark, and my favourite, a line of limited edition Barbie Crocs. We've seen Barbie homewares, furniture, pet accessories, and stationery. Barbie even made its way into the food and beverage sector. In Australia, the burger chain Grilled was serving up a Barbie dream burger, while the US had pink glitter Barbie ice cream and the Philippines had Barbie-themed Krispy Kreme donuts. It certainly has been a very pink couple of months, Emma. I'm not sure about glitter ice cream, but Barbie fans (laughs) could even book a stay in Barbie's Malibu Dreamhouse on Airbnb for a short period of time. Apparently, Mattel entered into something like 165 collaborations, which meant that it was targeting a whole range of demographics. And what's so interesting about all of this from an IP perspective is just how successful Mattel has been in leveraging the value of the Barbie brand to generate a huge range of commercial opportunities. It really has. It's come such a long way from being just a toy manufacturer. How has it managed to do that? We hear you all asking. Well, for a start, it has an extensive trademark portfolio with over 1,000 registrations globally for Barbie trademarks. In Australia alone, it has 30 registered trademarks for Barbie. The oldest of those trademarks dates back to 1961 and, not surprisingly, relates to dolls, doll clothing and accessories. But since then, it has secured trademark protection across a broad range of goods and services, including for entertainment services, confectionery, cosmetics, clothing, eyewear, accommodation services and even medical services. So a visit to Dr Barbie, anyway? Uh, Possibly not. Uh, (laughs) But an interesting thing about its portfolio is that it hasn't just sought protection for anything and everything. If you look at what it has sought to protect, they are goods or services which either Mattel itself offers, so dolls and entertainment services, or goods and services that offer sensible licensing opportunities like clothing or cosmetics or accommodation services like Barbie's Malibu Dreamhouse. That's right. And just on entertainment services, it was actually Mattel's pivot from toy manufacturer to movie maker, combined with its marketing prowess that has enabled it to rejuvenate the Barbie brand. The rise of digital toys and entertainment has provided really stiff competition for traditional toy manufacturers such as Mattel. But with a move into the cinema and a movie that presented some really very modern themes while still tapping into the nostalgia associated with the Barbie brand, Mattel paved the way for a huge number of licensing deals. Yes, it really did. And there's a couple of things to note about those deals from a branding perspective. The first one is pretty hard to miss, and that's the colour pink. We're actually going to be talking about colour trademarks in our next podcast episode. And as it turns out, Mattel does not have a registered trademark for its Barbie pink, although it has tried in the US a few times. 
but there is a very specific pink that I think most of us would accept is immediately associated with Barbie. And that pink has also been featured in the products being sold by Mattel's partners. Even the Barbie Dream Burger from Grilled comes with a pink panini bun. A bit like glitter ice cream. I'm not sure about a pink bun, but I have read that some billboards promoting the Barbie movie just consisted of a pink board with a release date, which is a pretty good indication of just how powerful the consistent use of colour can be in marketing. And what was the second thing you wanted to know, Emma? That would be the use of the Barbie logo. It's clear that Mattel's licensing arrangements have very strict conditions around the use of the Barbie logo, because across the various products, the Barbie logo is applied very consistently. And exercising that control over how a trademark is used is essential for trademark owners entering into licensing arrangements. And I believe that the font used on those pink billboards, Rebecca, with the release date, is the same font as that font that's used in the Barbie logo, which I suspect contributed to recognition of the billboard as emanating or being related to Barbie. So exercising that control as a brand owner has lots of benefits. I think you're right about the uh, logo and and the font, Emma. Um, Talking about control, the other thing it's worth pointing out is Mattel's willingness to enforce its rights in the Barbie brand where it needs to. Last year, for example, it took action against a US company called Wrap Snacks over its Barbie Q, but potato chips. That's probably not that surprising, given the word Barbie appeared on the chip packet in the cursive script that's used for the real Barbie logo, so the font we've just been talking about. And the packet featured a picture of the rapper Nicki Minaj wearing a Barbie necklace. You will be very surprised to hear that case settled very quickly within a month. Perhaps not uh, too the, surprised. It isn't. <laughs> uh, in the past, it's also taken action against adult entertainment sites using the domain name barbiesplaypen.com and less successfully it sued MCA Records for trademark infringement in relation to the aqua pop song Barbie Girl. In that case, however, the court held the song was a parody and therefore there was no trademark infringement. And I've also seen that earlier this year, Mattel filed an opposition to a US trademark application filed by Burberry for B-R-B-Y. Presumably, Mattel will argue that given the phonetic similarities between Barbie and B-R-B-Y, or how you would pronounce that, Barbie, (laughs) and the huge (laughs) reputation in the Barbie brand, consumers will think that the B-R-B-Y brand is associated with Barbie. That one will be an interesting one to watch, as it might also be argued that Barbie is so well known and Mattel's branding so consistent that no one is going to think that B-R-B-Y is a variation on Barbie. We'll definitely have to keep an eye on that one. That will be very interesting. So what's next for Mattel's marketing machine, Emma? Uh, Well, it's not going to stop there. Um, Apparently, it's going to uh, be an adventure park, and we've certainly seen that before uh, with brands like Disney um, and Lego, for example. Uh, I would definitely think about checking out a Barbie adventure (laughs) park. (laughs) I'll reserve my opinion on that one for later. (laughs) Um, But it all just clearly demonstrates the power and value of a brand that has been carefully and strategically protected, managed and leveraged. Barbie is no longer just a doll. She's one of the most valuable brands in the world. She really is. Well, thank you for listening, and we will see you on the next episode of Emma and Rebecca Talk IP. In the spirit of reconciliation, 
Herbert Smith Freehills acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. You have been listening to a podcast brought to you by Herbert Smith Freehills. For more episodes, please go to our channel on iTunes, Spotify or SoundCloud and visit our website, herbertsmithfreehills.com for more insights relevant to your business.